King of Kings, it's actually incredible. We, we come now and we just place you right at the centre, Lord. This is all about you. It's not about us. This is about who you are. And we just get caught up in that. And thank you, God, that you are such a personal God. You love us. You know us. You know we're here. You want to speak to us. You want to guide us. You want to help us. You are the perfect Heavenly Father. So we, we are blessed people. We just want to say thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to gather in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. It's uh, great to have you here this morning, um, both in person on the mezzanine up there too, and then online. Uh, um, a big welcome to you all. Isn't it good to be back together? It's great. I think there's one of the biggest crowds back. Um, so praise God. And I want to say at the start of this year, as we look at the Connect Group series and we get into our normal routines. If you're not in a Connect Group, this is an awesome time to join a Connect Group. I say that because we're called to do life in community and you will meet some of the most amazing people, encouraging people, uh, ones that can really do life with you on that journey. So yeah, plug in, take the opportunity. Um, I think one of the things I've learned out of COVID is how much we need one another. We, we are made for community. It's actually what God's created us for. So let's all find ourselves in community um, this year. Um, today, uh, we're looking at the subject of rest. I wonder, as many of you have probably either had a holiday or coming back from holiday, get back into the usual routine of uh, children at school. My kids have just gone back to school this week. I wonder how you are feeling as you look at 2021. I wonder if you can complete this saying for me. Maybe you've heard it too. Um, I've had a great holiday, but it's never long long enough. You've heard that before, maybe said it yourself. Um, rest for us can be so elusive. I was thinking through that and thinking that life can sometimes be like a bit of a treadmill, can't it? And I thought back to when maybe this treadmill, when do you first get onto this treadmill? And I thought back to my high school days and the first time you might feel a bit of pressure, um, expectation in, in the senior years of school and you sit your exams, uh, you do your assignments and you're just waiting to the end of the semester. You're like, oh, and just relax at the end of semester. Then you get to uni and you go to uni and you get to the end of semester there and you think, how I wish I could just do those little 200 word assignments and those 40 minute exams and now I'm sitting two hour long exams and 3000 word assignments. And you think, oh, I long to be back at university. Then you, you graduate and you get a job and all of a sudden you're working a a full working week of 40 to 50 hours. You're there and you think, oh, how nice would it be to be back at uni? Uh, 10 to 20 contact hours that you may go to, mostly you all would have gone to. Um, You go and you think, oh, wouldn't it be good to be back at uni? You're working and then you get married and have children and you work your 40 hour, 50 hour week and then you come home and then you've got your children that keep you up at night and you're putting them to sleep or changing nappies and you think, how good was marriage before children when I could just work Friday night, I could go out for a date with my wife and how good was that? And I can't, I'm not there yet, but I've, I've got this sneaking suspicion this might be ahead of me, the parents of teenagers. You actually pick up another job you work your normal job, and then after you finish work, you become an Uber driver. 
You become an Uber driver for your children and you're going from one appointment to the other and then you go to work the next day and it continues. I won't keep going on. But I must say, I have heard people who've retired and said to me, I am more busy in retirement than what I was in my job. You get the picture. Sometimes we feel in life, it's just like a treadmill. Another visual I was thinking through throughout this week was when I would go to the beach and you'd go to the beach and the waves would be coming. And I don't know about you, but I'm an under the waves type of person most of the time. So the waves come and you're like, here it comes, here it comes. Deep breath, let's go under, hold my breath, hold, hold. And I know it, it'll go past and then oh, I feel like I take a breath. The next wave comes, deep breath, deep breath, down under, waves pass, oh, I can rest. Sometimes life, we can live in a rhythm where life feels like that. Okay, start of the school term, deep breath, Easter will come and we can have a breath. Or maybe it's just even the start of the working week. Monday is here, here we go, on my way to work, deep breath, work hard, end of day, end of the week, Friday, relax. It can be like this treadmill in life and rest. And when I say rest, I don't mean just relaxing, put your feet up. True rest, inner rest within us can feel so elusive. That, that rest where you are at peace and you might just say, everything is okay. I'm okay. Things might be happening around me, but internally, in a rest, I am okay. And as I speak here this morning, as I prepared this, I don't feel that I have to convince you for the need of rest. I, th- I think we all desire that rest, but it can be so elusive. But Jesus spoke about rest and Jesus invited us into rest. And I wanna have a look at this passage this morning. In Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, Jesus gives us this invitation. It's a personal invitation to you this morning. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What what an incredible invitation from Jesus to us, to you. Let me read it again. Come to me. The invitation, come to Jesus. All you who are weary and burdened and I will, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is a, quite a well-known passage, well-known scripture, and the danger is when we hear it so often, it's a really nice feeling, it's a really nice thought, it's a really nice invitation, but is it actually true? Can I actually experience that rest? That's what the first thing I wanna look at as we look at this invitation. At any time on our fridge, you'll probably find some invitations that are there. Most often it's 
birthday parties for the boys. Uh, they'll have their friends invite them to the birthday parties or sometimes weddings for family. And as you look at that invitation, two things you'll check out is uh, who it is that's inviting you and what they are inviting you to. So for the boys, it's, it's a birthday party. It's one of their friends from school generally. And uh, then they'll, be what's, they'll check out where's this party gonna be? Which playground? Uh, is it gonna be a Nerf party? The latest one was a pool party. What's on offer or what's the promise to them? For us in a wedding, you might look at the restaurant. Have I eaten there? Good food, whatever it might be. You might look at that. But generally, I think maybe never, have I looked at an invitation and doubted, will that person fulfill that? Like, I mean, if my boys were asked for a birthday party and it's gonna be in Disneyland, America, like, I would start to think, whoa, who are the parents and is this even possible according to who they are? And as we look at this invitation from Jesus, you might ask the question, who is giving it? Because if I say to you, come to me and I will give you rest, I might be able to help you a little bit. Like if you've got some burden, maybe a practical thing I can help with, maybe I could just listen to you, maybe I could pray for you, I I could help you a little bit. If all of you come to me, we're in trouble. If the whole world comes to me, I'm in trouble. But here Jesus is saying, come to me all, all, all people, all who are heavy, all who are burdened, come to me and I will give you rest. So we might ask the question, does he have the capacity to do that? I mean, can he? Can he give each person here rest, deep rest? And it's interesting as we look at this passage, if we go to the two preceding verses, the two verses, what he has just proclaimed is that he is God. So we don't just have a man here just speaking to the crowds and just saying, I'll give you rest. He said, no, no, I am God. (laughs) If you want rest, come to me. Let's read those verses. In, In verse 25 to 27, it says, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. And then he says, All things have been committed to me by my Father. He's saying, my Father is the Lord of heaven and earth and everything has been committed to me. He's saying, I am God. He says, no one knows the Son except the Father and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal. So he's he's just said, I am God. Everything has been committed to you. And then he says, come to me. Then there's an invitation to all of humanity to come to him to find rest. It's not just a human being with a good idea, with a good invitation. This is creator God inviting humanity to come and find rest in him. And notice he doesn't give a five-step program to greater rest, do these things. He just says, so simply, you want rest? Come to me. Come to me. It's relationship. Come to me. Be with me. Listen to me. Talk to me. Come to Jesus and you will find rest. I just want to ask you a question, and it's not in any condemning way. Uh, I just 
pray it can help us reflect. It's helpful for me to ask myself this question. When you're tired, when you're weary, when you're burdened, where do you turn? Where do you turn? What do you go to for relief? Food? Chocolate? Popular? Sometimes we might go to a, a counsellor, can get help from a counsellor. Might turn to our phone, computer, glass of wine, our own resources, gritting our teeth. I can do it, I'll work harder, I'll do better next time, I'll keep going. Where do we turn when we feel burdened or weary? And why is it so often that we just continue on the treadmill rather than stopping and turning to Jesus, to the one who says, I will give you rest? Because I feel one of the biggest dangers in this invitation is not Jesus' capacity to give us rest. The biggest danger is that we don't humble ourselves and ask for his help. That's personal experience as well. Jesus will, will give it, but sometimes there's something within me, us sometimes, that we just don't stop and turn to him, that we feel that we can do it. I've got a 20-month-year-old, 20-month-year-old, uh, <laughs> a 20-month daughter, um, Eloise, and one of the things that she does at the moment is she really wants to put on her seatbelt clip. Like, she can't do it. She's 20 months. I mean, she's good, but she's not that good. <laughs> so she, we'll put her in the seatbelt, and I'll strap it around her shoulders. I can get that far. But as soon as I get to try and clicking the clips in, she will bump my hands away and tell me that she wants to clip it in. And so if I'm patient enough, often I'm just like, we've got to go. We, we need to move. I'll just. But if I'm patient enough to wait, I'll step back, and there she will go, just persevering, continuing to try and work it out, to try and put this clip in. If I jump in there again, can I help, or just show, no, no, I'll do it myself. And if I'm really patient and give her more time, she will get frustrated to the point where she realizes, I can't do this. She gives up and allows me to help. Sometimes as we go through life, I fear we have the attitude of Eloise. It's tough, it's hard, but I'm gonna keep on going. I can keep doing it, I don't need any help. Subconsciously, probably none of us would say, God, I don't need you, I'm gonna do it myself. Probably, maybe we would, but most times it's subconsciously we would just, no, I'm just gonna keep on going, I can do this. I'll press on. But you notice here this invitation is not to the self-sufficient, not to the ones who've got it sorted, it's an invitation to those who admit they are weary, those who admit that they are weak and that they need help. And that is the first step to coming to Jesus, to say, Jesus, I give up. What I've been doing doesn't work. My way doesn't work. Stopping and turning and coming to him. What's not as um, commonly known about this uh, passage or well-known memorized passage is the second part of it. Most of you may have heard, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. But after that, it says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. A bit of a strange concept maybe. Take my yoke upon you. 
One of the guys I went to university with, he was a phys ed teacher, um, but he always had an interest in bullock um, driving. And he actually has his own sets of bullock and he drives bullocks and uh, he, um, he has like a tourist operation driving these bullocks or he'll be invited to places to drive these bullocks. So I rang him about this and I would have loved to. I did ask him, I said, what would it take to get one of these yokes here on stage with me? I couldn't manage it, I'm sorry, next time maybe. But a yoke is this massive wooden, nearly like beam or bar that's laid horizontally on the top of oxen or in Rowan's case, upon the bullock. And what it does is once it's upon them, it guides them, it directs them, it shapes where they're going. They're moved in certain directions or pulled in certain directions. They're under that yoke, moving to the right or left. And in the scriptures, what we see as a picture of yoke is like a submission to authority or authority coming over. And often it's even used in a negative way, like in 1 Kings 12.4, when Solomon passes on the kingdom to his son, the people say, relieve us from the yoke. I'll just read that. It says, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke put on us and we will serve you. So they're saying, the authority has come over us. Lighten that yoke. Is that that submission to authority. In Leviticus, God says, I am the Lord your God you brought, who brought you out of Egypt so that you would no longer be slaves to the Egyptian. I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled you to walk with heads held high. So at that point, God's saying, I've released that yoke that you would walk high. It's this submission to authority and coming under authority is the picture we get of the yoke. And in the New Testament, uh, the, the law was known as the yoke of the law and the Pharisees weighed down people, Jesus said, by the laws they, that they encouraged the people to, to do or to keep. You have to, if you wanna please God, if you wanna know God, you do this and this and this and this and this. It became a yoke. Jesus said, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. There's this yoke of the law sitting on the people. They're under that authority. But Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Now, you might say to me, and if I had a picture of a, a, an actual yoke here, you're like, I, I don't want to get under any yoke. Thank you. Wouldn't it be better for me just to be free than under a yoke? And then Jesus is saying, no, no, put on my yoke, for it is light. The reality is we are all living under yokes. What do I mean by that? That we all live under yokes. The, the things in our life that become big, the things that become important to us, the things that we, we love or are moved or motivated become yokes in our lives. You can see it. Like if, for instance, people pleasing is something you, you struggle with, people and their opinion become so important to us, it is like a yoke. They think this of me, I'll move to the right. Or they think this of me, I'll move to the left. If I do this, maybe it'll be conflict or whatever. And we are moved by that yoke. If you, if you are super motivated to, to be successful, maybe in, in, in business or in career, or that, that, 
That is where you might draw your significance from. All your decisions, the way you spend your time will be guided by that. You'll be moved to the right, need to spend more time here or invest here or do this. And so that thing becomes a yoke. It could be expectations of others, anxiety or worry. All of these things can lead us to be living under a yoke that is directing our lives and these things cause us to become burdened. We're driven to do these things and never feel at rest. Tim Keller puts it this way, he says, each person has something in his or her heart that she falsely, he or she falsely believes will bring rest. Many people don't experience true rest because they are consciously or subconsciously pursuing something that promises rest but can't ever deliver it. These things take such a controlling position in your heart that you can spend most of your passion, your energy, your emotional and financial resources on it without a second thought. It can be family or children or a career or making money, an achievement or reputation, a romantic relationship, peer approval. The chasing of secure and comfortable circumstances, beauty or brains, morality or virtue, or even success in Christian ministry, Keller says. Those things that we look at and say in our hearts, if I have that, I feel my life will have meaning. Then I know I will have value. Then I will feel significant and secure. But these things ultimately never have the capacity to give true rest. They just lead to a frenzy of activity leading to weariness. And Jesus calls us not only to come to him, but there's a second invitation to take off the yokes that might enslave us and to take on his yoke, which is light. His yoke is purely just repentance in turning to him, trusting him to be who he said he, he is, who he says he is, to put our faith and our trust in what he has done, not in what we do, and to look to him. So then when we take on his yoke, we find that it is light. The guilt and shame that might be, be on us is taken away as we experience his righteousness, his forgiveness. The places that we go to find true worth in what we're doing or what we're looking like are not of value to us because we know in Jesus that is where our value is, that we are unconditionally loved by him. Can you see how living under his yoke brings a lightness? that we don't have to do lots of things to impress others or to be accepted by others because we know we are fully accepted in Him. Even in our brokenness, even in our mess, we are accepted in Him. So it's not only an opportunity to come to Jesus, but it's a sense that we say, well, Lord, I'm coming under your yoke. I wanna receive you. I, I want my life to be moved by you that I can move to the left, move to the right, to know where, what you want for my life, to receive what you've done for my life. And in that, we have a deep inner sense of rest when we know him. A rest that no, no one or no thing can give us because this is who we were created for, to know him, 
to come under his leadership and his lordship and to walk with him. And then finally, the, the third invitation in this passage is to learn from me, he says. And I, and I love how the message puts it because you know, rest with Jesus isn't this moment where we just extract ourselves from the pressure of life and just spend some time, nice time with Jesus and then we go into the busyness of life and just do it again and just keep extracting ourselves. That, that's not rest in Jesus. Rest in Jesus, yes, spending time with him, coming to him, but then doing life in a completely different way according to the rhythm of grace of knowing his presence is in us, knowing his presence is with us and his presence is for us. That, that's the rhythm of grace. And I love the way the message puts it. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. That's an interesting statement. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Interestingly, when I was speaking to Rowan about the way he works his bullocks, he says that he, he would put a, a larger, more experienced bullock alongside a smaller, weaker bullock. And this is the picture that we have here, that we are yoked with Jesus, alongside Jesus. And that he is the one that carries the burden. Rowan said that the, the stronger bullock could take the load. And the other one comes alongside. And this is the picture that Jesus is inviting us into. Come into his lordship, but then walk closely with Jesus. There is never a situation you will be in, never a circumstance where he is not with you. Right there, yoked beside you to carry the burden, to help in your, your need. And it's a different way of living actually independence, choosing to yoke ourselves to say, I, I can't do this by myself, but I wanna walk through life independence on you, Jesus. And we take on those tasks in life. And, and I wanna um, acknowledge, like when everyone walks out of this room, many of you walk into big responsibilities. Many of you walk onto that treadmill of life. You can't just extract yourself. I know that. It's no simple message to say, well, I'm gonna go into this week and all of a sudden there's gonna be peace. You will, you will go into those situations. But what I'm saying is we can go into it reframing our perspective of where God is in our lives. He is with us. He is beside us. He is yoked beside us to help us as we depend upon him. We can know that his grace is there for us. We know that any anxieties or concerns, we can pass them over to him. He cares for us. Those things that are too big for us, he invites them to lay them at his feet. And we walk in relationship with him, knowing his grace. I wonder how you're feeling looking into next week or even into this year. Is it overwhelming in any way? And as you came in, um, this morning, I, I hopefully there was enough for everyone, but maybe not everyone got them, but you may have got an invitation. You can just open that invitation then. I've just put on that invitation, that invitation that Jesus gives us. And as you go into this week, 
There's a simple word, come to me and I will give you rest, an invitation from Jesus. And you'll notice on the back there, I've just got an RSVP, a date, a time and a place that maybe you'll make an appointment just to spend time with Jesus. And this is a time just to say, well, Jesus, I need you to come to him, to know that he is there for you. Just as I was with, with Ellie, I was actually just watching her, trying to put her, any time I would step in as a loving father. Similarly in our life, any time he is ultimately available for you. At any moment in your life, he is available for you to turn to. And maybe there are things in your life that you know that you've been yoked to. They're driving your life. They're leading to weariness. When this is a time you can spend with Jesus and just say, well, Jesus, I wanna give you those things. I wanna come out from that yoke and I wanna come under your yoke. What are you saying to me? Why am I being driven by this yoke when, Lord, you say you love me? I've got significance and value in you. So maybe just, just set aside a time just to spend with him. But also just remember, it's not just an invitation just for a moment of solitude with Jesus. It's a way of living, a way of living according to his grace that he is always with us. He is yoked beside us. Maybe keep it on your fridge or keep it somewhere where you'll see, see that invitation regularly just to continue to come to him. I pray that God would really meet us in those places. And the key to it, as I said earlier, is not Jesus' capacity to give rest, but our ability to humble ourselves and depend upon him and to give up in a sense, saying, I can't do it, but God, would you come and help me? Just as I ask the band up, just love to pray for us and pray into this week um, as we meet with God, as we set time aside just to come to Jesus. Let's pray together. It's actually an incredible invitation, God, that you as our heavenly Father, our Creator, the one who knows us and loves us so much has called us to come. You've called us to know of a greater love, so great a love that we could ever imagine, the depth and the breadth of the love that you have for us. You're a Father who cares for us, you are a saviour who has saved us and rescued us from our sin. Lord, you're one who gives life and fullness of life. And so, Lord Jesus, I just pray even now, Lord, if there are things that are burdening, burdening us, worrying us heavy, I just wanna thank you, even in, in a moment, we can hand them over to you. We can just speak it out. There, there is absolutely nothing anyone here will walk through that you are not with them, that you are not caring for them, you're not loving them, Lord. And so, Lord, help us to cast our cares, help us to cast our burdens. Thank you that you've taken our guilt and our shame. And I wanna say that whether you're listening here or even online, if you have never ever come to Jesus just to receive his offer of forgiveness, well, this is a moment he says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Maybe you live under condemnation or live under guilt or shame of your past. I wanna say, 
Jesus has said this morning, come, come to Him. Forgiveness is in Jesus. Life is in Jesus. Maybe today will be the first time you come to Jesus. You can just cry out in your own heart, wherever you are, just say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, I wanna be yoked to you. I wanna follow you. I wanna do it your way and not my way. You can say that in your heart right now. And so, Lord, continue to lead us. And I do pray, Lord God, as we go away, as we set aside time for you, Lord, speak to us, guide us, and, and show us those things in, the, in life that are getting us on that treadmill. Show us the, the new rhythms of grace. Show us that you are beside us carrying that burden and we're not alone. Help us to live in greater dependence, I pray. So Lord, we are so, so thankful for who you are. Thank you for this incredible offer. How, how hard would it be to do life alone without you, God? How hard it would be. But Lord, we have you always there. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Would you stand with me as we um, worship? And it's a song of surrender, actually, of giving our all to him. You just express that in your own way as we sing and worship together. Now let's sing together.
Thanks so much and we'll see you next week.